Hello, and welcome to the Faith Church Podcast channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you would like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, visit our website at www.igotafaith.com. We can only do what we do because of the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you'd like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com and hit the giving tab. Or you can text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. Now get ready as our lead pastor, Steve Husky, continues with part two of his series, Wait. Good morning, Faith Church. Great to see everybody today. Hey, thanks so much for being here. If you are new here at Faith Church, my name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor. want to welcome you. We hope today is an amazing day for you. If you are Faith family, we're glad you're here this weekend. Thanks for making time to be a part of our worship service. I, we say it every week that we just believe that this is the best place we can be. Our hope is that you have an encounter with God's presence because all of us, we carry struggles and issues and challenges and hurts and difficulties, and we believe that in God's presence is strength and joy and peace and salvation. So we hope today God does something really incredible in your heart and your life. If you're not here, I want to welcome those who are watching online. Can we give it up for them? Hey, and while we're showing some love, can we give it up for the Faith Worship Band? Because they are off the chain today. They work very hard. They get here. They practice through the week. They rehearse early on Sunday mornings to make sure that they're prepared each and every week to bring us into worship. So they killed it. Thank you, man, for them. All of our volunteers around the building, from our parking lot to our kids' ministry to our production, all of it. Can we just show some love for all the volunteers that work so hard? Man, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Well, hey, let me, let me just tell you something that happens to me from time to time. Is I have the opportunity to have conversations with people and a lot of times I'll get this question. Uh, people say things like this. Hey, um, hey, Pastor Steve, like, what do, you, what do you do for a living? Like, what do you do? And I'll say, um, I mean, I, I work at the church. And they're like, okay, so you preach, but then, like, what do you do the rest of the time? Which, I'm going to be honest, you know, um, it's a lot to get ready for Sunday. And so I spend a lot of time getting ready for Sunday. And then I show up Sunday mornings and leave my blood, sweat, and tears on the platform, and then go home for the next 24 to 48 hours and recoup. So, I mean, if that's all I do is preach, um, I pour a lot into it. But it's funny because people will say things like this. They'll say, um, oh, so you work at the church. So, like, you know, do you, like, read your Bible all day? Which makes me want to choke them. And I know some people just don't know, but it takes really a lot to, to manage this organization, to run this church, to cast vision, to lead this team, to make sure we're organized, to make sure we're on point, to make sure everything flows together, make sure our system's in place. To do what we do, it really takes a lot. And so when people assume that all I do is sit behind a desk and read my Bible, I'm, can I just be honest, it offends me a little bit. Because I work hard and I feel like maybe it's not seen. And so I'm like, really? In fact, it's just my kids even, they'll joke and they'll say, Dad, did you read your Bible a lot today? So, <laughs> but it's not just that. Here's what's funny is sometimes people ask the question, Hey, Pastor Steve, that was a really great message. Like, so where do you go to get your messages? Like, do you, is there a place online you go to? I'm like, yeah, www.holyghost.com. Like, I try to spend time with the Holy Spirit and God speaks to me. And, you know, I try to bring what I feel like God wants me to bring. So for people to assume that I just sit behind my desk and read my Bible and go to, like, some website and get messages, can I just be honest and say that offends me a little bit? It just kind of bothers me. I feel like that annoyance in my heart of, I don't know, I just feel disrespected. I, I don't know. But I, here's the thing is, there are times that that offense gets in my life and I get just a little offended. 
And I know I'm not the only one. I think probably there are some people here that maybe you get offended every now and then. That someone does something to you or says something to you. Someone treats you a certain way. Anybody here ever get offended at somebody? Just show me some hands all across this room. It just happens. You know, again, we live this life and friends betray us. Spouses cheat on us. Um, children hurt us. You know, our neighbors, our family. It just kind of goes on that if you live in this life, someone's going to do something to you that's going to annoy you. It's going to get into your heart and you're going to be offended. The challenge is when we allow that offense to really sink into our lives. You know, I mean, I can let it go when people joke or maybe they don't know or they're just kind of ribbing me and, you know, I can walk away and I let that go. I don't carry that anywhere. But sometimes when people offend us, when people betray us, when people hurt us, when they take advantage of us, there are times that that offense gets so deep down into our heart and roots itself and we carry that offense and that offense becomes a weight that hinders us and slows us in our spiritual journey. In fact, we're in a series we started last week, if you were not here, entitled Weights. Everybody say weights. There are things in our lives because our walk, our spiritual journey, our faith is likened or compared to a race in Scripture. There are things the same way that if you're carrying a physical weight and you try to run a race, it's going to slow you down or potentially stop you. That there are spiritual weights. There are things in our habits, in our lifestyles, things in our hearts that if we're not careful to identify them and do something with, that it will slow us down, it will stop us, or it will disqualify us in our spiritual journey. So today I want to talk about the weight of offense because offense is something that's so predominant. It happens to all of us. In fact, Jesus is so aware of this issue. Here's what Jesus said. This is kind of cool out of the gate. Jesus said this. Every voice, read it with me. And then many, come on, say that, many will be offended. Now, here's what's ironic is he's talking about in context here about the time just before he comes back. And he's saying, you know, offense is common. It's always been common, always will be common. However, just before the return of Christ, the second coming, he says, hey, at that time, like offense is going to be very dominant. It's going to be a dominant part of culture. Now, he goes on, he says many. So he doesn't say, notice this, he doesn't say a handful. He doesn't say some. He doesn't say, you know, a couple. When he says many, what he's saying is, I mean, I think in order to qualify for many, I think it has to be at least 51%, at least more than half, which means in this room, if you look around, there's a good chance that you are sitting by somebody or you are sitting in someone's seat that is offended. Because offense is, again, it's a predominant part of our culture. And he goes on, he doesn't suddenly say that many people are going to be offended. And again, this, this word offense, let me qualify what it means. Practically, to be offended means when you expect something from somebody and they fail to meet that expectation. When you expect somebody to behave a certain way or to treat you a certain way, or you, behave, you expect that they won't treat you a certain way. And when someone fails to meet that expectation, when they betray you and you didn't see it coming, when they don't treat you the way that you, you believe you deserve to be treated, when someone cheats on you, when someone goes behind your back, when those things happen, when people fail to meet our expectations, that gap of what we expect and how they perform, that's where offense comes. And the challenge is spiritually. It's not just this practical thing because the word for offense is almost, it's the same word as a trap. That if you allow an offense into your heart spiritually, in your spiritual race, in your walk with God, you are trapped by the enemy. You are offended and it starts to stop you in your spiritual journey. So it's a big deal. If you're here and you're offended, somebody's hurt you, betrayed you, affected you, impacted your life, and you're carrying an offense, I want you to just take a good look today because it is a weight in your life that's hurting you. 
And so Jesus says, hey, this is a big deal because a lot of people are struggling with it. And then he goes on and he continues in this sentence. And he doesn't just say, and then many will be offended. He says, they'll betray one another and they'll hate one another. Now, he's not just talking about categories. I believe he's talking about progressions. That if you allow an offense into your heart and you allow it to sink in and take a hold of you, you're going to get to this place where you want to betray those people who've offended you and you start to hate them. And the reason I think this message is so important today is because I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but we live in one of the most offended cultures on the planet. Are you all with me today? Like everybody's offended at everybody. Now, I just want to say this up front. If, if you believe that you are called to embrace a social justice issue or you believe that you're called, you have a calling or a purpose, I think there are things we should be mad about. I think there are things that we should deal with. But if I can just be honest, like everybody's offended at everybody. We have people, we have cultures offended at cultures. We have two sides of the aisle offended at each other. We got races offended with each other. We got white people offended at black people and rich people offended at poor people and poor people offended you have too much and you don't have enough and you're this color and you're this sexuality and Republicans are offended at Democrats and Democrats are offended. And here's the problem. Again, it's okay to disagree, but when you allow that offense, not just to a person, but to a group of people to affect and impact your heart, you know you're in trouble when you start to hate those people. Like, I never thought a nation could hate a president so much as they did Barack Obama until President Trump got in office. I'm just being honest. If you didn't agree with President Obama, that's okay. He was our president. If you don't agree with his policy, that's okay, but I don't think you deserve a hate of man you don't know. And President Trump, you may not like him, you may not like where he's been, you may not, but at this point... He sits in the highest office in the land. And if you don't agree with his politics, that's okay. But to hate him, and we're marching against each other, and we're up in arms against each other. And listen, if outside of these four walls, we have a nation that's disconnected and divided, that's up to them. But I want you to know, inside of the body of Christ, there is no place for walls and disconnection. We are all one, and we need to find our commonality in Christ. And so, but the reality is like we, we do, we sometimes allow offenses in and we start to hate people that have hurt us. And so the Bible describes it this way and says this, listen to this, this is big. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19, one of the wisest men who ever lived, King Solomon, he said this, he said, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. So I don't want to talk about people you've offended and you know we try to bridge the gap and they don't want anything to do with us we've hurt them we've upset them and it's hard to repair a broken relationship I don't want you to think about the person that maybe was offended by you I want you to think about you being offended because the Bible says the way that you know you've been offended it's like you're like a fortified city now that doesn't mean a lot to us today but in this time and in this culture that it's being written the way cities were guarded is they had large walls built around them. And the way you got in and out of the city was through large doors, large gates that would be closed at night. And the reason they built walls was to keep people out that they didn't think were for them. Here's how you know that you have an offense in your life. If you're, if you're like, I'm not sure, am I offended? Here's how you know you have an offense in your life. Is if you have walls around your life and you're trying to keep people out. You've heard it said before concerning sports that, that any good offense begins with a what? A good defense, I'd say it this way when it comes to being spiritually offended, you know you have an offense. How do you know? When you have a good defense. And when I say good, I don't mean morally pure. I mean it's effective. That you've built walls and you keep people at arm's length. 
That I know people, maybe some of you watching online, the reason you're not here is not because you're sick or you're at the beach. You're not here because you don't want to come back to church because you're offended at a pastor or offended at a church member. And we keep people at arm's length. And we don't, some of you, you don't go to family gatherings anymore. Do you know why? Because you're offended. You're offended at a family member that hurt your feelings or did something to you. Some of you are disconnected from your kids. Do you know why? Because they offended you and you don't want anything to do with them. And so you've written them off. Come on, all of us in this room, have you ever been walking through Walmart and you see the person you're offended at and you want something on the aisle they're in, but you don't need it that bad, so you go somewhere else? Come on, somebody. I don't need Kleenex that bad. I can go to Target. Till they're in Target and then you're like, I guess I'll blow my nose with toilet paper. Because here's why we build walls, and I just want you to know something. The only way that you can, the only way you can avoid offense in this world, are you ready? The only way to avoid offense in this world is to avoid people or hang out with all perfect people. And since there are no perfect people in this world, if you want to avoid offense, just avoid people. Well, there's a problem with that. Here's the problem. Is number one, if you are a Christ follower, you are called to be connected to the body. So to just, I'm going to run from church and I'm going to run from Christians because they hurt me. Listen, hang around people long enough, they'll hurt you. It's just reality. But to disconnect isn't an option. If you're a Christ follower, you need to stay connected to the body. And as far as staying connected to the world, listen, the Bible calls us to be the light of the earth, the salt of the world. So the only way we can impact them is to stay connected to them. So that's not really an option. In fact, Jesus said that offense is so prevalent. Watch this. Listen to what Jesus says here. Then he said, Jesus said to his disciples, read it with me, it's impossible that no offenses should come. So we think, well, if we can just navigate this life and make smart decisions and hang out with the right people and hook up with the right individuals and you know, my life is going to be offense-free. It's impossible. Jesus said offenses are going to come, and here's why, and here's where we're going to dig in for a second. Here's why offenses, I believe, are so prevalent. This is why I believe Jesus was saying that all, it's impossible that no offenses would come. Here's why. This is going to offend some of you that I'm saying this. Between insensitive people and oversensitive people, offenses are going to happen. Some of you in this room, if I can just be honest, and you're, again, you're going to get offended that I say it, some of you are just too sensitive. Like everything bothers you. Everybody disappoints you. Everybody hurts your feet. And you just walk around mad at the world. I can't believe he said that. Did you hear what she said? Did you see what they did? Did you hear how my boss treats me? And like we just get upset at everybody. In one of the craziest places, and I can say this because I'm up here and you're down there because <laughs> you can't reach me. Like church people are, stop it. Like, stop getting so offended at everything. Like, your heart is way too important. Your walk with God is way too important for you to take everything so seriously and so literally and so internally. Like, stop it. There was a, a lady at the last church I passed. I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, I remember the day. I didn't, I didn't know this happened until after the fact, but I remembered the day she described. So I was leaving the office one day, and I, we walked out of these back stairs, out the back entrance, onto the parking lot, and I just walked out and I got in my car and left. Well, I happen to know this, this lady who was always in church, always in church every Sunday. She wasn't there that Sunday. She wasn't there the next Sunday. And for her to miss was strange. So I called her and I'm like, hey, I said, uh, is everything okay? I noticed you have not been here in a couple weeks. And I'll never forget, she said something like this. Well, I just figured you didn't want me to go there anymore. And I'm like, I said, what do you, you know, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I seen you when you came out of the church and I was sitting in my car and I waved at you and you looked right at me and didn't wave and got in your car and left. Now, on the phone, I'm like, but I love you. It's okay. I'll, like, she couldn't see me. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Do you think I'm such a shallow person that I would look you in the eye and not wave at you? What is wrong with you? 
Like she was over, here's the crazy part is then I got offended that she was offended. Because sometimes if we're honest, the reason offense is running so rampant in the church and running so rampant in our culture and running so rampant in our lives is because so many of us, we are way too oversensitive. Like some of you just need to let it go. Let it roll off your back. It's not, I promise you, it's not worth your peace of mind. It's not worth a good night's sleep. It's just not worth it. Let it go. However, we live in a world that's full of insensitive people. And I don't for a minute want to take lightly your hurt that you were betrayed by a good friend, that you found out your spouse did cheat on you, that you have someone that stabbed you in the back. Like I know we live in a world that's full of insensitive people that they only do what is best for them and it doesn't matter if it hurts somebody else. And some of you in this room have been a victim of other people being insensitive. Here's the challenge is, you might look and you might say, Pastor, because of someone else's insensitivity, I have a right to be offended. And you might have a right to be offended. I'm just telling you, you shouldn't stay offended because it's hurting you and it's not hurting them. And while you might be a victim of their offense, it's time that you stop being a victim of what happened to you and it's time to move on. And I don't say that lightly, but the hurt that you're carrying and the offense that's in your life that you hate this person now, it's robbing you and slowing you down in your spiritual journey. So the question is like, what do we do with it? If someone, if someone was insensitive and we're not oversensitive, we really were taken advantage of, we, we really were betrayed, like what do we do with that? What do we do with that employee? What do we do with that staff member? What do we do with that family member? Like how do we handle it? And I'm just going to tell you the answer, and it's never popular, but it's reality. If you've experienced grace, you give grace. The answer to offense is forgiveness. Everybody shout forgiveness. Here's what the Bible says. Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 says, come on, read this with me. Get rid of, come on, shout that. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Notice it doesn't say talk about it, hash it out, put it on social media. Come on, what does it say? Get rid of it. Well, okay, what do I do with it? Pastor like... This person did this to me. My dad did this to me. Like, what do I do? I'm not talking about a neighbor that mowed too far on your property. Stop it. <laughs> I'm talking about someone really hurt you. What do you do with the offense? You got to get rid of it. Well, Paul goes on and tells us how you get rid of it. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. Come on, read this. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So they may not deserve your forgiveness. They may never earn your forgiveness. But nor do we ever earn the forgiveness that Christ gives us. Nor do we deserve the forgiveness that Christ gives us. So in the same manner, we got something we could never earn. You give something to people that they could never earn. And again, it's not about... It's not about even so much letting them off the hook as it is letting your heart off the hook. It's not worth the offense taking hold of you and slowing you down and disqualifying you from the call of God on your life and how you're to be an impact and influence in this world because of what someone else did. At some point, we have to choose to let go. And here's the challenge is I think for some of us, instead of us working it from the back end, like someone says something, someone does something, and we get offended and we carry it, and then we reach this place, and maybe some of you today... Like what I'm talking about is a splinter in your heart and you're reminded of it and you're just decided, hey, maybe I need to let go. Maybe I need to forgive. If you're in that place, that's okay. But I think it'd be better if we lived our lives on the offense instead of the defense. 
And when I say that, I mean, let's deal with it on the front end. And the writer of Hebrews tells us how to do that. Like, as offense comes, again, remember what Jesus said. Jesus said it's impossible. Everybody say impossible. It's impossible that no offenses come, which means this week, an employee, a staff member, a friend, a neighbor, someone's going to do something to offend you, especially if you're oversensitive. <laughs> so when you get offended, here's, here's, how, here's how the writer of Hebrews says that we should consistently deal with this offense that turns into hate and bitterness in our heart. This is how we should deal with it. Check this out. He says this. Come on, everyone read this. Work. Stop. This is why nobody wants to do this because it's another job. Work at living in peace with everyone. Pastor, I work all day. I work raising my kids and I work mowing the lawn and I work a job and a part-time job. The last thing I need is another job. However, I want you to know that if you are going to maintain the integrity of your heart and keep offense out, stop being trapped by the enemy by getting offended at people, mad at the world, and upset at people that have hurt you, you have to make a decision to continually work to live at peace. The opposite of that offense is peace. You can either have peace or you can be offended. And if you're going to maintain your peace, you've got to work at it, which means it's going to take some effort, but it's the most important job you'll ever have on this planet. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 that above all else, more important than anything you'll ever do is to guard your heart. So you got to kind of always like, you got to be like the, you know, the dude playing hockey. You got to be the guard. You got to be the goalie. And these like offensive pucks are coming your way. You got to constantly defend your heart from those offenses getting in your life. And here's the thing it says, work and living at peace with who? Now, some of you thought immediately when I said, when you said everyone, you thought of someone that does not fit that category. That does not mean mother-in-laws, right? That doesn't mean my neighbor, right? Have you met him? That doesn't mean, right? And there's no loophole to this. Everybody's in here. Again, it says, work at living at peace with everyone. Watch this. And work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. So, now you're, we're not just responsible. This is so big. Now we're not just responsible for our own hearts. If you're a Christ follower, if you're connected to people, this is why we do small groups here at Faith Church. This is why we do connect groups because we think it's important that you surround yourself with people that have your best interests at heart because there's times you're offended and you don't know you're offended, but everyone else knows you're offended and you need someone in your life that can tell you you're offended. Can I say that again? I don't think. So just listen to it later. Because we need to not just take responsibility for our own heart. Sometimes we need to take response. We need to help each other look out. Hey, I think maybe you're bitter. I think maybe you're upset. I think, you've, I think you're oversensitive. I dare you to say that to somebody. I would love this week. I would feel like this was an effective message. If I seen 20 or 30 posts with your, you responding, I think you're too sensitive. Is anybody in on doing that? I'll do one if you do one. I'll do one if you do one. Right there, me and you. All right, we're doing it. I'm telling you, I'm doing it. Don't y'all leave me out there alone now. Dang, he said he were too sensitive. We'll know they got upset when they're not here next week. Okay. But then watch this. He says, watch out. Come on, read this with me. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. So he's saying when you get offended, when you get upset, when someone betrays you and hurts you, stabs you in the back or stabs you in the front, when you get offended, when people fail to meet those expectations and you take on that offense, can you believe what they did? Can you believe how they treated me? If you're not careful, that thing gets in and it becomes a poisonous root of bitterness. In fact, I would say it this way, if you're taking notes, 
that bitterness has a growing root with poisonous fruit. Everybody say that. Bitterness has a growing root with poisonous fruit. And when you allow that bitterness to take hold of you, like notice this, it doesn't just, like it doesn't just pop up. Again, Jesus talks about this progression. You get offended, you want to betray them, and then you hate them. That when someone offends you, like as you meditate on that, you keep playing it back and rehashing it out, that that offense, it, it causes you to get bitter. It's a growing root. It takes root in your heart. And here's the thing is, you don't even have to do anything to help it grow. But if you don't do anything to get it out, bitterness will naturally grow in an offended heart. A heart is a perfect place for an offense to grow. It's like mold, put it in a deep, dark, dank basement, and mold will grow. Take a good, godly heart and put some offense in it, and I'm telling you, bitterness will grow. But you know what makes it grow even faster? When the more you talk about it, the more you post about it, the more you kind of rehash it. I mean, I'm telling you, that bitterness, that root will just grow and grow and grow and grow. And so you have to treat it. The same way you treat a wound, when you get wounded, the way, when you get, you know, when you get a cut or something, like you just can't leave that open and just ignore it. It'll get infected. And so when you get a, a heart wound, you have to treat the wound. In the same way, if you ignore a physical wound, it just gets worse. If you ignore, ignore a heart wound, it just gets polluted and gets worse and gets infected. And if you're not careful to treat an offense, your heart will get infected. And the Bible says it's not just a growing root, but it has poisonous fruit. Again, look at this verse. Look at this last part. It says, watch out. Again, read this with me. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. It's, it's going to keep you up at nights. It's going to make you build walls against people. You're going to avoid family gatherings. You're going to have a hard time going to work. You're going to be upset at people because that poisonous root is in your heart. But it's not just going to trouble you. Watch this. It says what? It corrupts. Let me just ask a question, and I need you all to help me here. Has anybody here, have you ever formed an opinion about someone you never met based on what someone else has told you? Let me, let me say it another way. Have you ever formed a negative opinion about somebody that you never met based on what someone else has told you? I have. Like, you know why? Because someone else got offended and we hear them tell the story, well, so-and-so did this to me and they said this to me and they blah, blah, blah. And we've never even met this person. And we see them in Walmart, we're like, I think that's the person that did that to them. I'm going to key their car. That's what I'm going to do. They didn't even do anything to you, but you take, on their, you take on your friend's offense and you, listen, listen how crazy this is. You hate someone you never even met. And then, so the Bible says that an offense in someone else's heart, it corrupts people around. You know why? Because we talk about it and we share it and we keep rehashing it and we impact the love that other people have in their heart for someone they haven't even met because we've poisoned them with the fruit of our growing root of bitterness. And man, that's just a real challenge because this word corrupting many, the word is to dye something, D-Y-E, to tint it with a color. When you tint somebody's vision, when you tint the way someone sees something by poisoning them with your offense, I'm telling you, listen, that just should be out of bounds for us. We have to get back to the place that we are forgiving on the back end, but on the front end, we are working to guard our hearts. So again, bitterness has a growing root with poisonous fruit. So I'm going to give you just three things real quick. Just three things real quick. How do you deal with this on the front end? Number one, you need to forgive quickly. Everybody say forgive quickly. Forgive 
when you feel that offense, like when you feel like that hurt, that stung, like don't ignore that. That's like the red light on the dashboard. Something's wrong. It's the Holy Spirit not just telling you you're offended, but telling you you need to do something with the offense. And the best thing you can do when you're offended is to forgive quickly. Just make a decision. I'm not going to be oversensitive. I'm going to let it go. Even if it's not just you being oversensitive, it's them being insensitive. If, if it's just that, then you've got to make that decision. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to forgive quickly. And you say, well, how do we do that? Watch what Jesus says. This is big. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 Jesus says, but when you are praying, come on, read it with me, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. So your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Now this is so big, watch. If you never pray, you'll never do this. See, if you're a person and prayer's not a part of your life, that's how you carry offenses because you never spend time with God. But I promise you, if you spend real time in the morning, spend real time in the shower, spend real time in the car ride to work, spend real time at the end of your day. If you really spend time and you're spending time with God and you're spending some time praying, taking some needs to him, I just want you to know, Jesus says, listen, there's a lot of things you can pray about. You can pray that you get the house and pray that you get the job and pray that you get the raise and pray that God will heal the cancer and pray. And there's a whole list of things that we all struggle in our family. God, do fix, men, make whole, bless. He said, but before you do any of that, come on, everybody shout that word. First, Forgive anyone you have a grudge against. So if you'll just make a decision, and me too, this is for me, like before I ask God for anything, first, who am I offended at? Some of you will come on my radar, but it's all right, because I'm on yours. <laughs> come on, for real, because sometimes I get oversensitive. That lady at my last church is not the only person. In, some of you in this room, you've been offended me because he looked right at me, didn't say anything. Can you believe it? We're going to another church. For real? I've had people, I have to call and apologize. Hey, I'm sorry. I know someone, someone told me that you were upset because I looked at you and I didn't see you and I didn't wave at you. And... For real? Are we that shallow? Listen, if I look at you and I don't wave at you, I, pr I promise you it's not because I don't like you. It's one of two things. I either have 10 million other things on my mind, kind of like some of you do, or I don't know you. Y'all look at me every week. Some of you, I've never seen you before. You walk up Walmart, hey, Pastor, if I go to your church. And it's the first time we ever met. It's good to meet you, by the way. If you ever see me out, come say hi to me. But it's not because I'm shallow. Stop being oversensitive. That's the title of the message. If you're looking for a title of the message, that's it. Stop it. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. So three things you need to do to deal with that offense, getting your heart first, forgive quickly. Number two, keep no record of wrong. 1 Corinthians 13 says true love that we should have as Christ followers. One of the things it says, it keeps no record of wrong, which means when someone wrongs you and they will wrong you because Jesus said it's impossible to live in this world and not be offended. When someone wrongs you, hurts you, takes advantage of you, offends you, talks behind your back, like don't record that. Don't write that down. And I say write it down. I don't mean even in a journal. I mean mentally. Don't just forgive it. Let it go. Keep no record of it. And number three, don't spread it around. Just make a decision. You're not going to talk about it, which means you don't get on social media. You know how we do on social media, right? How we disguise it. Like we're not really talking about the person, but we hope they're reading the post just in case. Stop it. Here's why this is, I believe this is most important. This is, I'm going to land the plane right here. 
We all get offended. There's lots of opportunities. Offense is a weight that will slow you down, might stop you. If you're not careful, it'll disqualify you from your spiritual journey. This past week, my, um, my wife, when we went home uh, Monday night, I got in a little bit late. My wife's like, hey, Steve, the, the washer's not working. I was doing a load and it stopped. And so it was late. She said, you don't have to do anything today. She said, I'm kind of done, but you can look at it tomorrow. And so the next day we got in, had left work, went and worked out. By the time we got home, it was about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, I got to fix the washer. So I went in, and I'm telling you, this is, this is, I walked in. I didn't even touch it. All I did was look at it. And then I hit two buttons, and it started working. I was like, Sean, I fixed it. And she came in. She's like, how'd you do it? And I was like, I can't let my secrets out. And it just started working. I was like, I didn't do anything. I just, you know, pushed some buttons. It started working. So it ran a cycle of clothes and ran a cycle of another clothes. And then it stopped again. Well, this time it stopped. It was like 1130. And I'm like, ugh. We got a family five, so we can't go without a washer. So I decided I'm going to fix this thing. So you know the internet can make you really smart. So I just Googled. Whirlpool duet front load, front load washer making loud humming noise. I don't know if that's official. I don't know if that's the official term, but I Googled it and apparently it is because it told me probably the thing that's wrong with it. Here there's a filter and I watched this video. This guy told me what to do and how to do it. And this is what he said. He said, on every duet front load Whirlpool washer, there is an external port that the water flows through and you have to clean the filter. This is what it said, once a week. Now we've had the washer six years. I had no idea there was a filter that you should be cleaning once a week. So I took this pan off, and it's, a, it's about, the half a, about half the size of a Coke can. This, and the water runs through it, and it's supposed to catch stuff. And if it gets backed up, water won't flow out, and it makes a humming noise. Some of you, I'm helping you out right now. You're going home this afternoon fixing your washer. So I pulled the panel off. I unscrewed this thing. I, I couldn't even pull. It was so packed full of stuff. My daughter's going to be mad I share this. They're fighting over panties. You took my panties. No, you took my panties. Pan two pairs of panties stuck in there. There's her panties and there's his. Our wash, I don't know why it's our son's shirt, but it's ripped several sleeves off his shirt. And then you can't find it. It's like, where did the sleeve go? The socks you're missing, it's in the filter. Sleeves. There's like $2.37 worth of change. Hairpins, plastic. Uh, I'm telling you, Every, I, there was everything in there. I found lost family members in there. I cleaned this thing out. It stunk from water sitting in there. Man, put it back in, pow, boom, beautiful. And I'm just telling you, listen, 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 that all of you in this room, you have a filter. It's called your heart. And if you allow offense to just keep backing up and backing up and you're mad at people and upset and offended, hear me, it's not hurting them. It's a weight in your spiritual journey. And every now and then, you've got to pull that sucker out, and you've got to let those offenses go. You have to forgive. Forgive means you've got to give it to them and give people to them. Give that situation. God, I give it to you, Lord. I don't want to carry it anymore. Father, I pray, God, give me strength. Heal my heart. Help me to let it go. I promise you, if you ask God, he'll do it. And you've got to give them to God, which means you've got to step, stop wanting to get even with them. Let God get even with them because he's a better, far, far more righteous judge than we'll ever be. So, God, I'm going to let you get even. That's what forgiveness is, giving it to God, giving them to God, giving it to God, giving them to God. But here's the most important thing. 
is God wants to do some really great things with every life in this room. I believe that with all my heart. God cannot use, God cannot use offended hearts because you're a horrible conduit of the grace of God because you can't give what you get. There's a story, if you read the Bible, it's full of offense. Right in the beginning, do you know why Cain killed Abel? He was offended. The first king of the nation of Israel, he was anointed by God to be king, but do you know why the anointing of God was off his life, why the presence of God left, why he, left his, why he lost his throne? He was offended at David. Even the apostle Paul struggled with offense. He ultimately broke relationship, broke friendship with one of his best friends, Barnabas, for a season because they were offended because they couldn't agree with how to deal with the situation. So when you read the Bible, it's littered with offense. But there's one exceptional story that I got to close with. It's this young man named Joseph. Many of you, I know you know the story, but I don't want you to miss the pinnacle of it because as a young man, his brothers are offended at him. They want to kill him. They throw him in a pit. He gets sold into slavery. He ends up as a slave in a foreign land. While he's there, he gets convicted of a crime he had nothing to do with. He gets thrown into prison. He had lots of opportunities to be offended at his brothers. He had lots of opportunities to be offended and upset at his false accuser. And the Bible keeps saying, but the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with Joseph. And I just believe it was like he was just letting that stuff go. And because he refused to have an offended heart, God found someone he could use. And God elevated a young man from the pit to the prison to the palace. And he became the most important person in the nation of Egypt, only second to the Pharaoh himself. Fast forward, years down the road, a famine strikes the land. The very, fam the very family that sold him into slavery, he don't know where they are. They come to Egypt looking for food. And who do they bump into? Their brother, Joseph. They don't recognize him. It's been so long since they've seen him. But he's in a position to either let them starve. Revenge doesn't sound like a bad idea or to feed him and take care of him. Because he refused to carry offense, God put him in the place to take care of his family. And here's what he says towards the end of his life. He says, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him this is what your son Joseph says. Read this with me. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt, so come down to me immediately. Here's what I'm going to leave you with right here. How you handle offenses today can set you up to be the hero tomorrow. What God is looking for is not smart people and rich people and, and educated people. All those things are important. All those things will play into your call. But what God is looking for is people that have a pure heart. The Bible says, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they're going to see God. You want to see God use you? You want to see God move in your life? You want to see God show up big? Then make sure you, you keep a pure heart. And the number one thing that will contaminate a heart and contaminate the hearts of others are offense and bitterness. And if you'll choose to forgive on the back end and guard your heart on the front end, You'll maintain a pure heart, and that's someone that God can use. How you handle offenses today can determine and set you up to be a hero tomorrow. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, God, including myself, all of us in this room that sometimes so easily get offended and so easily take up the offense of others. 
God, it is saturating our culture. We're, we're hating each other. We're offended at one another. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that in the body of Christ, in the church, that God, we would be one. Lord, help us to stop being overly sensitive. God, help us to quickly forgive. God, help us to keep no record of wrong. God, help us to stop talking about it and rehashing it. God, help us to forgive. God, we want to have hearts that you can use to set us up as heroes. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, let every offended person in this room make a decision today to let it go, to forgive, and to walk away with a whole heart. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who agreed said amen. God bless you guys.